This year in the school, we've been trying something a little different to give our middle schoolers a chance to kind of decide what they want to learn about with some special elective classes that we're calling flex scheduling. So every four weeks, they have the chance to select from four or five different class options. And we have a lot of times some visiting teachers who come in and teach on various things. And this particular term, I think there's five options all together. There's a cooking class they can take. There is a like handyman fix-it class. They can take drama and theater, basketball fundamentals, or they kind of scraped to the bottom of the barrel and called me in to teach a class on Fatima. And I'm really loving it. We just had our third class on Friday talking about all the apparitions of Fatima. We've gotten to the point where we're really looking at the three shepherd children themselves and the way that they reacted and what they did in reaction to everything that our Blessed Mother told them at Fatima. And we started talking about little Saint Francisco. So after, you know, 70,000 people are there for the miracle of the sun at Fatima, which, by the way, teaching a class on, if you ever want to hear about it, just ask me. I love all this stuff about Fatima. But, so Francisco, after all this happens, this little, you know, 11-year-old boy would sneak away and go to their parish church for hours, just hidden, to just be there with the Blessed Sacrament. And he said to go and to console the hearts of Jesus and Mary. And I asked the students, you know, what does that mean? What does that mean that he's consoling their hearts? You know, and they gave a couple of different, you know, ways of describing it. And what we kind of got into a discussion was, let's just say, first of all, have any of you ever gotten in trouble with your parents? And thank God we have very honest students. They all said yes. Um, And so I said, now let me ask you this. Which is worse, when you get in trouble and you get grounded or punished, or when you get in trouble and your parents just kind of say, I just, I'm just so disappointed. You know, I'm so, I'm hurt. I don't know what to say. And of course, they both, they all agreed that it's so much worse when your parents are hurt and disappointed, right? Now, Christmas story aside, where he says, you know, all kids know it's better not to get caught, right? Okay, we get that punishments are not fun, but... We don't want to hurt the feelings of our parents. When they are hurt, when something we've done, you know, has caused them some sort of pain, it causes us pain too. It's a tough thing to take. And so ultimately, if you look at St. Francisco and what he was doing when he'd go to spend time at the Blessed Sacrament, it was to console the hearts of Jesus and Mary, so wounded and offended by just people out there all over the place that, you know, are just indifferent towards God, you know, just blasphemies, terrible things going on. Remember, this is right around the time of World War I as well. All of these horrible things happening. So what does this little guy do? He goes to spend time with our Lord to console him. And also remember this too, to pray for the conversion of poor sinners. And I said, now, has this ever happened to you that maybe your brother or sister did something to hurt your parents and you go to them to console them and I said not to say I'm better than Billy you know I love you more no it's not that and Saint Francisco wouldn't have done that either but to say you know it's like if your parents are hurt because of something your siblings have done to go and remind them I love you we love you we're here with you you know to console them so it's an amazing thing that those kids picked up on and from the revelations at Fatima we're called essentially to do the same thing. And how amazing it is that we even have that opportunity to console the hearts of Jesus and Mary. And the reason I even bring this up 
is because if you, you know, looking at the readings today, they're very apocalyptic, right? Very much about the end of the world and some very scary and terrifying things going on. I mean, the, from the prophet Malachi, you know, the day is coming blazing like an oven when all the proud and all evildoers will be stubble. Jesus talking about the temple being completely torn down, wars and insurrections and earthquakes and all of these terrible things. But where do we ultimately find where we have a refuge in the midst of all of that? Well, in that incredibly short reading from Malachi, that last line gives us a key. But for you who fear my name, there will arise the sun of justice with its healing rays. And I would say that even though when you see that and we hear the word fear, I mean, it's easy to immediately think of the same kind of fear we have with all this other stuff, a blazing oven and being stubble and the fire. Fear automatically makes us think like we got to duck for cover, you know, and build the bunker in the backyard and go down and hide. But it's not the same thing. We're called to experience, to receive the gift from the Holy Spirit called fear of the Lord. It's where we find our refuge. And I would say that what little St. Francisco was doing is a good example of what that means. So when we have fear of the Lord, it's not a mere fear of punishment. In fact, look at the way that when we go to confession and we pray the act of contrition, how things develop, right? It starts off with a little bit of a servile fear, right? I can't speak this morning, I apologize. But it starts, oh my God, I'm heartfully sorry for having offended you. Um, And I did this last night too. When I'm not in the moment, I forget the prayer. Have you ever had that happen to you too? I can't tell you how many times I've been in the confessional and some, you know, people come in, it's wonderful, and they start, bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts, which you're about to, oh, I'm sorry. It happens all the time, right? We fall into that trap, you know, but it's good when we've got him in there. But the way that the act of contrition starts, why are we sorry? Because of your just punishments, right? We don't want to be punished. But when it comes to our sins, there's a punishment that's inherent in the sin itself. Let's say I go out there and I lie. Well, immediately there's a punishment of trust is broken. You know, there's something that has to be repaired there because when there's a lie, it breaks down relationships. There is a punishment involved. But it's not just for fear of punishment that we continue on, that we go to confession. And it continues on, right? Because of your just punishments, but most of all, because they offend you, my God, who is all good and deserving of all my love. That's the fear of the Lord. We have this relationship with him, and we have what's called a filial fear, that we love this relationship and want to keep it up and know that the way that we act, the way that we are, has an effect on that relationship. Just like in other relationships too, right? We can't just sort of take our relationships for granted. We have to have a special almost fear about them to make sure that we take care of them. Let's just say, for example, husband and wife, right? Husband says to wife, I love you, okay? And then it it, it sort of paints him everything for the rest of the day, that that love for her affects the way that he is at work, as he's working to support the family, the way that he is when they communicate, the way that they are when they're together. Compare that to, I love you, check that box, now off to the rest of my day, you know? Now, they may have looked the same to some in some ways, but there's a difference there, right? And the same thing is true when it comes to the fear of the Lord. 
that we have this filial fear of knowing that he's in our midst, that God has come to us, that even if everything around us is crazy, still the second person, the most holy trinity, has come in to all of this with us. And to have the fear of the Lord means that we're careful to pay attention to that to make sure that we have the filial fear of taking care of that relationship. And when you think about it, I mean, the way that God has told us this time and time again, like I said, I mentioned Fatima and the three shepherd children. I mean, so many times in the 2,000-year history of the church, our Blessed Mother has appeared and basically every time has told us, pray the rosary every day. Now, why does she tell us that? It's not like, I want, to take, I want you to take 22 minutes of your day, I want you to repeat the same thing and then be done and move on to everything else. No. What is the rosary? It's repeating the words of the incarnation that Gabriel spoke to Mary, that St. Elizabeth and Mary rejoiced, of the fact that God is in all of this with us. It's a special time to reflect on the mysteries of him being with us and thinking about the fact, how am I responding? Am I showing this relationship with God the attention that it deserves? Or am I just taking it for granted? Do I not have the healthy filial fear of staying close to him? Or is it just kind of, yeah, it's there and I just move on? That's what we have to be careful of. Because when you look at this, yes, there's all sorts of uncertainties around us, right? We know that, you know, as Jesus is saying this about the temple, not a stone will be left upon a stone. I mean, he's kind of pointing ahead to the fact that the temple is torn down in 70 AD. But at the same time, as we look at everything around us, we know that nothing lasts forever except the love of God, the love that is in our midst that he gives to us. And when you think about that, how amazing it is that he comes into our midst. And regardless of what the terrors around us may be, he tells us what? Do not be terrified. Why? Because he stays in our midst. Is there a danger for us to be distracted and forget that and take it for granted? Of course there is. And that's why Malachi tells us, but for you who fear my name, there will arise a son of justice with its healing rays. We have to have that healthy fear of the Lord. It doesn't mean that we cower under the pews and we're terrified in that way, but rather that we give this relationship with God who reaches out to us, who always keeps his end of the covenant, of the bargain, right? He's always here with us, that we make sure that we don't take that relationship for granted, that we have the fear of the Lord of knowing he's in our midst. And we've got to show him that love back. I just want to conclude today by sharing with you one of my favorite prayers that I have the privilege of praying every single time I celebrate the Mass. Now, I think I've shared it with you before, but I want to share it with you again. And it's one that, it's, it's one of the quiet or silent prayers of the priest. You've seen me pray it, but probably don't ever hear me pray it. And what it is, is after the Lamb of God and the Blessed Sacrament, Jesus Christ is on the altar, and everybody kneels back down. And before I genuflect and stand up and say, behold the Lamb of God, this is the prayer that I pray to Christ in the Eucharist, on the altar. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, who by the will of the Father and the work of the Holy Spirit, through your death gave life to the world, free me by this, your most holy body and blood, from all my sins and from every evil. Keep me always faithful to your commandments and never let me 
departed from you. Even though we know there's a lot of uncertainties and crazy things in the world, still, our Lord remains with us always. Let's pray for the grace that all of us may never be parted from him. Praise be Jesus Christ.